Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Intentional walk. Nothing personal. Word of the day for Friday, 42222. If you have reached 305-555-1212. Did I ever tell you that story, Coca? (laughs) I must have told you the hurricane story when lost power for two weeks and called up to FPNL. Hey, what's going on with power? If your phone number is 3055551212, you are screwed. That was their message when we didn't have power for weeks after one of the hurricanes in 2005. But the word of the day is intentional walk. People are very angry. Coke and I before the show are talking about this topic and he is fighting for the fans of Detroit. All of those 40,000 people who went to the game yesterday in Comerica, in Detroit, Michigan, including Billy Gill, because they wanted to see Miguel Cabrera, yes, that Miguel Cabrera, get his 3,000th hit. Jordan Montgomery of the Yankees pitching. First at-bat for Cabrera. Out. It's okay. He's got three more at-bats. Second at-bat. Everyone's excited. It builds up to a crescendo. When will Cabrera hit? Live look-ins. You've got to make sure that you are near a TV because you're seeing history. When a player gets 3,000 hits, it's major. Miguel Cabrera has 599 doubles. He could get his 600th double with his 3,000th hit to go with his more than 500 home runs. Miguel, first ballot Hall of Famer, Cabrera comes up for a third time, out. When you go to a baseball game, you're not really sure what you're gonna see. You're pretty sure you're gonna see the people you wanna hit few times, three times. Maybe an injury happens. They pull a hammy running to first base. They get hit by a pitch, strain their wrist. Something happens out of the game. You buy a ticket and you gamble on a game because of a pitching matchup. First inning after a third of an inning. Ooh, I feel a little forearm tightness. Out. When you buy a ticket to a basketball game, you'd like to think that you're going to see Steph Curry score 30 points or Jordan Deadpool score 30 points. Maybe you'll see a close game at the end. Maybe you'll see a blowout. Maybe you'll see a half worth of garbage time and you spend $2,000 on courtside tickets because you thought you were seeing Jordan against Ewing and all of a sudden you're seeing Scott Hastings against Herb Williams. You just don't know. By the way, Buy tickets to a Broadway play. You want to see Hugh Jackman in The Music Man. Uh Uh-oh, he's not playing tonight. He doesn't feel well. He's got COVID. He's sick. Daniel Craig. I want to see him play Macbeth. Not Denzel Washington. Nope, COVID. We're shutting it down. What promises and guarantees do you all have when you purchase a ticket to a sporting event? I'm just asking, personally. Because I used to sell tickets to people. 
and we would say the same thing. You wanted to see Giancarlo Stanton? Well, it's best to come not on a Sunday because if we're going to rest and do a Sunday lineup, there's a good chance that he may not play. Or he could be hurt. He could be on the DL if you're buying a game in advance. What about load management in the NBA? But wait a minute. This is totally different, Coca yelled. He didn't yell. Coca doesn't yell because he knows I could just turn the volume down in my ear. He just said, well, 3,000 hits is, this is history. Those people were there to see history. Really? Did those people buy tickets after he got three hits the night before to get to 2,999? Or did they buy those tickets before the season started saying, I want to see the Yankees? History tells me, having watched it, been a part of it, created it, 85% of the people watching Marlins Yankees games bought the ticket simply because the Yankees were coming to town and wanted to see their favorite team. So when the Yankees are coming to Detroit, you buy tickets in advance. Remember we talked yesterday's show about group sales and advanced sales and the day of game sales. Let's say there were 5,000 people, 10,000 people who on the day of yesterday's game came to Detroit to watch the game. 10,000 Billy Gills sponsored by Sheets and Gigs. So, fourth time up, it's a tight game. Yankees offense, which we could do a whole other segment on because they can't hit. And if you're not going to be able to pitch well, and you're not going to be able to hit well, and you're in a division with Tampa and Boston and, wait for it, Toronto, you better do one of those well. If you're in a division where it is projected that all four teams will finish with the same exact record, every game matters, right? Every at-bat matters. So cut to a one nothing game. Detroit's winning. Miguel Cabrera comes up. Everyone's excited. Live look-ins on MLB Network. Part of the deal, by the way. Even when you have the exclusive right to broadcast your game locally, every contract that is done between a team and its local TV partner includes the rights for MLB because MLB approves the contract, MLB puts in certain language into every TV contract between a team and its partner, includes the right for MLB to do a live look-in for historic moments. That's a no-hitter after a certain amount of innings. That is a person going for a milestone achievement on at the plate. Could be someone going for the cycle as an example. So Miguel Cabrera getting 3,000, that's a live looking. So we're looking at the live looking. Here comes Miguel Cabrera, man on second and third, one out. Cabrera at the plate. Aaron Boone goes to the mound. It's a pitching change. We got to wait a little longer. Wait a minute. They're talking about something. They're not doing a pitching change. Aaron Boone goes back to the dugout, and he does the thing that if you're on Nothing Personal with David Sampson's YouTube channel, you can see what I'm doing right now, which is un, deux, trois, quatre. Four fingers. <gasps> Are they intentionally walking Miguel Cabrera? Is Miguel Cabrera trotting over to first base to the boos, hisses, and middle fingers of Detroit and Yankee fans inside Comerica who thought they were going to have a very expensive digital ticket that they could resell, thinking that they were there to witness history? People lost their minds. Now, from a baseball standpoint, it was the right move. From a fan standpoint, they're despondent beyond repair. So do you think Aaron Boone's job is to care about the fans in Detroit? Let's ask a better question. 
What would Aaron Boone have done at Yankee Stadium if it were his hitter going for 3,000 at home in a game? Let me say that a better way. What would Aaron Boone have done at home in the exact same situation with Miguel Cabrera, someone they're playing against, going for 3,000 hits? Are you for sure that he would have walked him? Disappointing the Yankee fans? Would Yankee fans have booed in New York the way Detroit Tiger fans booed in Detroit? The answer is yes. Yankee fans want to see history just as much as Detroit fans. Yankee fans and Detroit fans are all sophisticated enough to know that walking Miguel Cabrera with first base open, now they got caught because of a bloop, ridiculous duck fart double by Austin Meadows, so it backfired looking in the rearview mirror, which is the worst thing that Boone wanted to have happen because he lost the game 3 nothing, and with the Yankees' offense, the extra two additional runs, insurance runs, put the game out of reach, but I digress. You can't look at the result. You have to look at the process when you are managing and discussing a baseball game because baseball is so, so full of failure and so full of odds that you have to make sure that your thought process is right. And the reason I'm defending the thought process is that the Yankees have a chance and have a amount of pressure on them that is hard for you to understand. Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone, Hal Steinbrenner, all of the Yankees have a tremendous pressure on them to win. And fans have the belief, oh, it's just one game. It's one game. Who cares? We're in April. But when you run a team, you do not look at it that way. The saying goes that you could easily, easily lose a pennant in April. Easily. You can't win one, but you can lose one. And the purpose is for us to explain to players that you better focus, whether it's a day game, after a night game, whether it's April and you're freezing your us off, we got to get this win because no one's going to think about it when we get to September and October and we do not make the playoffs. No one's going to think about the fact, my God, remember that day in Detroit when we got so excited to maybe serve up a wiffle ball to Miguel Cabrera? By the way, Coca, here's one more thing on this issue. When the Mets and Marlins played on September 26th, 2016, Bartolo Colon was pitching. The Mets were, and Marlins were on the cusp of a race, I would say. Neither team had been eliminated. The game mattered. Bartolo Colon put in a fastball to D. Gordon the first game after Jose Fernandez had died, the day after, really, and grooved it in, and D. Gordon hit a home run in the top of the first inning for a one nothing lead. No one on base. The Marlins were up one nothing. The Marlins ended up winning that game, I believe. But that was a conversation that was done beforehand that Bartolo Colon would throw a pitch like that because it was coordinated. Still doesn't mean D. Gordon was going to hit it out, but it's something, it was an attempt. That's a, that's a scenario that is far different than someone getting their 3,000th hit. Why? Because unless Miguel Cabrera's final at-bat of his career was last night, then last night's fourth at-bat in a game on a random Thursday does not matter to Miguel Cabrera. You didn't see Miguel Cabrera upset, did you? He has a chance to go for 3,000 today. And if you're going to argue that the fans from yesterday's game are all disappointed they didn't get to see history, buy a ticket and come back today. Every day could be something historic when you go to a baseball game, but when someone has $29.99, your odds are even better, so I don't feel sorry for you at all. If it doesn't happen, come back. Now, 
from a revenue standpoint, the Tigers are going to keep playing Cabrera. They play the Rockies in a three-game series. They want this to happen at home. It is going to drive attendance until it does happen. I get it. And so I got a question yesterday on Twitter at David P. Sampson. Hey, how come uh, you didn't do that with Ichiro in 2016 when he was a Marlin and he got his 3,000th hit? Ironically, against those same Rockies who where Cabrera is going to get his 3,000th, Ichiro got his 3,000th against the Rockies in Denver. Why didn't you not play him that day and only have him do it at home? And my answer to that is that at the time we were 59 and 52, we were completely in the race and we expected to win that year. We didn't know Jose Fernandez was going to die a month and a half later. We thought that we were heading toward the playoffs. We thought we were gaining momentum with a team with Stanton, Yelich, Ozunu, Ichiro. We thought we had a team. Ichiro hits a triple off the wall. We are prepared for everything. We have ticket stubs. We got the bases from Colorado. We had Ichiro sign a bunch of special balls. We had Ichiro do a special bat. We did a lot of marketing for that. As a matter of fact, I'm sure I've told you this before, the day Jose died, September 25th, was Ichiro Day at Marlins Park, the game that we canceled was the game where we were using special Ichiro balls. We were presenting Ichiro with his special gift that we had made for him for his 3,000th hit. And when that game was moved, we spoke to Ichiro. When that game was canceled because of the death of Jose, we spoke to Ichiro and Ichiro said, no, I can't celebrate this. There's too much tragedy. So we never had the day. We never had the day. We had gotten permission from baseball to use special game balls, special Ichiro 3,000 game balls that we had printed by Rawlings. Never had the day. Miguel Cabrera will get his day. Miguel Cabrera will get his due as one of the top 10 players in the history of baseball. But not yesterday. But not yesterday. All right, Coca, play me a song. You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. You recovered from 420? Have you made the rounds? Hey, Coco, have you gone to the Jersey dispensaries yet? Are they everywhere? I'm picturing like Hoboken and Jersey City. I'm picturing Teaneck and Tenafly and Livingston. Are they just, are there little green leaf shops all over the place where I saw a picture where people are standing online yesterday. You could buy recreational weed in Jersey. You can't take it across state lines. I wonder whether there's someone like on the GW Bridge right in the middle. When I was a kid going across the GW Bridge, when you're driving across it, there's a little sign that was a horizontal sign that if you were going toward Jersey, it said New York and then line New Jersey. I just thought it was cool when you're going to a different state over a bridge. Seems interesting to me. So you can't bring it across state lines. Like, is there some guy in the middle of the Holland Tunnel saying, hey, you, you look like a stoner. Open up your pants. Jakey boy, show me those Leafs. (laughs) You're right. No one's taking it from Jersey anywhere. Don't worry, Jersey. Half-Baked is a movie you should watch in it. There's a character named Samson. If you get on Twitter, David P. Samson, we can have a conversation. Maybe on DMs or maybe on the show. David, Charlie Blackman of the Rockies has signed a deal with the gambling company to be its spokesperson. What do you think of that decision. Thank you for asking. My head exploded when I read this. Charlie Blackman is a player for the Colorado Rockies. 
who are in Denver right now. Watching Miguel Cabrera get his 3,000th hit, probably tonight. Charlie Blackman has the ability, as all players do, to find companies that want to pay them money to do commercials or pay them money to wear certain equipment. When you see a player wear a glove, the gloves they have, those gloves are all given to them free by the glove companies. Their bats are given to them by the team. They have to wear standard issue uniforms and undergarments. That is part of the uniform that MLB requires. But you can drive a Buick to the game. You can do a commercial for your local cell phone company. Sometimes Major League Baseball, through its national sponsors, will contact players like T-Mobile. When you see a T-Mobile commercial with Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, let's say, that's MLB calling the Yankees and saying, hey, we have an opportunity for G and Judge. And then it goes through their agents, and then you sign a deal, and they get the money. But what T-Mobile pays for by being a sponsor is having MLB help them get access to these players. When you see Bryce Harper do commercials, and you just have to pay attention are they MLB sponsors? Gambling, as we've talked about, is now pervasive in all professional sports. It's over, folks. If you're not in favor of gambling, just get off the boat because the boat has left, the train has left the station. Make up whatever metaphor you want. All leagues have now embraced what everybody has known for decades is that people bet on sports. Just like people go to the corner and get oregano from street corner dealers. Why wouldn't it be great to get revenue to your state to just make it legal and tax the hell out of it? So gambling is now right on your phone. You gotta be in a state, you have to put on your location services, which is tough because if you get a bet in and you're not in the state, then you have to drive to a state or you get someone to do it on their phone, then you have to Venmo them the money. But now the IRS is looking at all Venmo transactions over 600 bucks. So people are nervous about that. So they're going to find another way, maybe crypto, but don't use the exchange up in Canada because then you're going to lose your money. Everybody's trying to figure out how to handle all of the gambling. And then the companies said, wait a minute, we're going to start sponsoring teams, players. We are getting into bed so neatly and tightly underneath those covers, surrounded by eucalyptus comforters. We're going to be so comfortable that people are going to be sleeping while we get rich. But no player in MLB had ever signed a deal with one of these online gaming companies. Now, I say online because I'm talking MGM and DraftKings and FanDuel, etc., it's announced that Charlie Blackman now has a deal. So I'm a president of a team and I go to the clubhouse and I speak to Charlie and I say, hey, listen, Charlie, I got a question for you. You know, you're rich from the contract we give you, but I'm just curious, how big is that deal? And then I would be told it's, you know, $100,000 a year, $250,000 a year. What are your responsibilities? Well, I got to do a few ads for them. I have to maybe do one read. I have to make three appearances. Um, Charlie, do you have to gamble? Oh, no, no. I can't gamble. I can't place bets on this app. I can't. That's not, I'm not advertising the gambling part. I'm really just a spokesperson for the existence of the app. Those are the rules, right, Dave? Hey, Rob, it's David. Just a quick question, Commissioner. When we have our players do deals with gambling companies, 
just to be clear, what you're saying is that they can sponsor the companies, but they can in no way ever do ads or talk about the fact that baseball is being gambled on by those companies and by people who use those apps. We're just going to pretend that doesn't happen. That's our story, Commissioner. Uh, yes, David. That's a very big difference. I'm sorry. What, what was the big difference again? The big difference, David, is that when you are promoting a company, give you an example, David. Let's pretend that you are promoting and you are sponsored by Twitter. Yes, Rob. Well, that doesn't mean you are in agreement on every person's tweet. Huh? Well, it's the same thing. Just because I'm promoting the fact that there exists this app does not mean that I'm in agreement that you should gamble on baseball on the app. Oh, I totally don't get that. The line is so blurry that Coke bottle glasses will not make it clear. It is a slippery slope of dogma for baseball to say, God, what we used to say in order to close our eyes, bury our heads in the sand and tell you everything was going to be all right. Don't worry. Be happy, Bobby. Everything's fine. Okay. Pete Rose came out yesterday and said, man, I can't believe what's going on in baseball. And then he gave a quote. I guess I was just 30 years too early. Hey, Pete. You bet on baseball. Charlie Blackman is not betting on baseball. Oh, I know what Pete meant to say. His quote was, I just came up at the wrong time. I was 30 years too early. What he meant to say was, if I had made more money, this is always a good one. I love this one. <laughs> if I had made more money and had more sponsors and done more commercials and more endorsements, I wouldn't have needed to gamble on baseball because I would have had all the money I wanted because that's why people gamble is because they want to make a living by gambling. True. Sorry, Pete. I totally forgot that. <sighs> Good luck, Pete. You're never getting reinstated. I'm sorry to tell you. Maybe post-mortem, but not in your lifetime. I fought for you. I was totally, totally shut down when I suggested to Dan Hallam and Rob Manford that we should just allow Pete Rose to be eligible for the Hall of Fame without reinstating him or reinstate him for the purposes of Hall of Fame eligibility because it's such a thing every year. People go to Cooperstown and they see, they see like exhibits of Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and Pete Rose, and then they go to the plaque room and none of them are there. I'm in. I told you I'm a proponent of that, but some people get confused. The plaque room is for people who were elected into the Hall of Fame. The museum is a museum about the history of baseball. And Pete Rose is part of that history. But he's just not in the plaque room. But he definitely signs autographs. All right, when we come back, we are going to talk about a director who I first was introduced to when she was a little girl acting in a musical that I fell in love with. And then we're also going to talk about what's going on in my old state of Florida because it's really something. We will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. 
But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Thank you for spending every day. We do not take it for granted. Please go on Apple Podcasts and take the time to write a review. You can give it five stars and then you just write a quick review. Feel free to ask questions in there that we, we could get to on a mailbag episode or in a So You Want to Talk to Samson. But we got to get more reviews because Coca said so. And then in Spotify, you can hit follow. And then also, I'm sorry, it's so many places. Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Hit subscribe if you want to see the blazer, if you want to watch me laugh. If you want to see what it's like during the show, what I'm doing, my eyes are always starting all over the place. Someone asked me this, Coca. I didn't even tell you this. So I've got the document below my eye line. The camera is pretty much at my forehead. And now I'm looking at the camera while I'm saying this because I don't need to refer to where I'm in the document because I know we're just coming out of a break. But when I don't want to lose my place or I want to see what topic it is I'm talking about next, I'll look down a little bit like that. So the question asked is, why don't you raise your computer up a little bit? And I could put it on books and make it more eye level, but then my eyes would dart. So it would be like this, where I'm looking at the camera, then I'd look about an inch down and then back up. Do you not notice that I'm doing that? You would definitely notice that. Now what I do is I put the whole head down, so lest there be no misunderstanding, yes, I'm looking at something. So I still review a movie every day or a TV series. It's hard during the NBA playoffs. I was watching the Warriors game until one o'clock in the morning. And luckily I'd watched a movie during the course of the day. So it was not an issue. But sometimes when I have to start the movie at two o'clock, I can get a little tired and then I'm snoozing. And then I have to rewind because I'm the type of guy. And this is true. If I close my eyes during a movie for any period of time, I will remember what I had seen and what I haven't seen. And I'll rewind to about a minute earlier than what I have seen to make sure I'm right, that I'm not missing any of it. And so a one hour and 40 minute movie could take two hours and 20 minutes to watch, but you're not really getting the 40 minutes of sleep. You're only getting like 30 minutes of sleep because you're watching 10 minutes of the movie twice. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. So I watched a movie that's directed by the former child star of a movie that people make fun of that I love, but I listen to the soundtrack to this day, the Bette Midler Barbara Hershey movie called Beaches. If you've never heard of Beaches, Beaches is about friends, lifelong friends. And Mayim Bialik played Bette Midler as a child. And she was this incredibly interesting child actress who could sing and she could dance. And she grows up to be Bette Midler. Meanwhile, Mayim Bialik has made it in Hollywood. Now there's some people who could have issue with some, some, I think she's done some things that people said, oh, that's strange. But by the way, in the sort of spectrum of strange, when you're a child actor who is still going as an adult, she's nowhere on it. 
That's how good she has been. She's now one of the co-hosts of Jeopardy, post-Alex Trebek, in case you want to know that. Well, she directed and wrote her first movie, and it's called As They Made Us. As They Made Us is semi-autobiographical about her life, about her dealing with the death of her father. Her father in this movie is played by Dustin Hoffman. I had a moment watching this movie. Dustin Hoffman, for me, is frozen as Rain Man. He's frozen not, not in the younger days as, like, Marathon Man, but I'm talking about sort of stranger than fiction, Rain Man, Outbreak. I'm missing a hundred of his movies, but it doesn't matter. He's in his 80s now. Yikes. Candace Bergen is her mother. She's also must be in her 70s or 80s. Time is passing us by. When you can watch a movie that has these living legends in it, please take the time to do it. The interesting part about the movie is how you deal with a parent dying. And it took special interest with me because many of us have dealt with that. It's a club that will all join. If we're lucky, you all join that club at some point in your life. The later, the better. But believe me, there is no entry fee. And there is no way to know what goes on behind the doors. It's like an Abercrombie and Fitch store, right? When all the windows are totally shut and the shades are drawn, all you do is see naked guys in front. You're like, what's going on back there? Well, you got to go in to find out. That's what the I've Got a Dead Parent Club looks like. So the reason I think you should watch As They Made Us is it will be yet another example that while nothing's perfect in life, while no relationship with parents it can't be perfect because parents are people. And when you discover that your parents have warts, that's a tough one because you assume your parents are perfect and then you realize, wow, they're not perfect. And how you deal with that epiphany is critical in your own therapeutic development. As They Made Us, it's worth checking out. As They Made Us could also be the name of a film, a Disney film. It could have been a animated film with songs and music. I could picture a bunch of people dancing to a great song, Lin-Manuel Miranda writing the music. It's the worst transition of all time, Coca. Cut that out. I'm going to end the, I'm gonna end the uh, uh, review and then go right into it like this. As they made it, ready? Okay, wipe it. Four, six, denied. As they made us is a film that you should definitely watch just for the performances of Dustin Hoffman and Candace Bergen, and also so you can come to grips with things that have gone on, are going on, or will go on in your own life. Can you believe what's going on in Florida? I used to take my kids to Disney World a lot because I lived in Florida, and so it was easy. You just get on the turnpike and you go to Orlando. You get off the Florida turnpike. You go west on the Orlando 4, I think, was not 4. That's not the highway. It's whatever exit was, 235 or 237 on the turnpike. You get yourself right to the Swan and Dolphin. You pass under the arches. Welcome to Disney. The kids are excited. You're thinking, how quick can we get into Epcot and start going around the world? You get on the Disney buses, the Disney trams. You go on rides. You buy overpriced crap. You wonder, hey, that guy doesn't need a wheelchair for Christ's sake. How many times do you say that in your trip to Disney? More wheelchairs per cap than any other place in the world. And then they leave the park. Boom, they're walking fine. There's 59 bags right there. The key rule when we went to Disney, NB. No bags. Not waiting on the bag line. You get to zoom right in. 
everybody carrying everything and then hanging it on the wheelchairs or the triple strollers where how many times your toes get run over when you're at Disney by one of those goddamn triple strollers where the kids are eight years old. Here's a hint. How about walking? That's not even the topic. (laughs) No idea why that just happened. I just, that has to be some sort of PTSD, right? Non-military, of course. Although going to Disney World, woohoo! So here's what's going on in Florida. Not what's going on with me and Corbin. Not what's going on with stadium financing. No. I'm talking about what's going on with Ron DeSantis and the lawmakers in Florida and the fight they are having with the Disney Corporation. I want, for those of you who don't live in Florida, to fully understand that Disney in Orlando, it covers two counties, it is the single most powerful corporation in the entire state. There's not even a, it's, you think Carnival is a close second? Nope, Ryder, nope, Burger King, are you kidding me? Not one University of Florida system, school system, nope. Disney is number one by a mile. They're number two, they're number three, hard stop. They have major, major control in Tallahassee, which is the capital. They have lobbyists. They give money to people on both sides of the aisle. They are a corporation that has lived its life appealing to children, yet they spend their money making sure they can do whatever they want in Orlando. They have their own permitting system. They get to keep maintain their own roads. They have this district around them. It's this special district created in 1967 that was meant to lure a company to the state. Oh my God, tax incentives to have someone do business in your state? What horror. So Disney is a fiefdom. Make no mistake. They do not care about political issues, period. Hard stop. All of a sudden, Ron DeSantis and the Florida legislature, which puts the R in red, they pass a legislation that has been referred to as don't say gay. You've heard me talk about that. It is a piece of legislation that is questionable at best, confusing at worst, and completely disgraceful and sad. Now, you can at me all you want, all of you right wing nuts. Do it. I'm in. At me all you want and tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why you don't want your first grader being talked to about transgender and gay and this and that. And I'll tell you that I believe in teachers and I believe in people's ability. Be a parent. It's okay to explain to kids. It's never too early to explain to anybody what is going on in this world. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you are. In my mind, I want our kids to be educated. I want our kids to be informed. It will make them better and more tolerant adults more tolerant adults. That should be the goal of everyone. Even if you're racist, wouldn't it be nice to not have racist kids? Even if you're sexist or elitist, wouldn't it be nice to have kids where you can stop what you inherited, where you can stop the chain of hate and anger? So Florida passed a law banning this and Disney didn't say a word. And all of a sudden Disney employees said, hold on, we've got the power. Jeff Bridges and the Fisher King, we've got the power. Why aren't we saying anything? And Disney said, we don't get involved. We don't play that political game. Horse hockey. Disney plays the political game in a way that 
would be fit the biggest and most important company who receives the most number of tax benefits, the most number of state dollars and, and grants of any company in Florida. Of course, they play the political game, but we, we're not going to take a position on this. We can't. This is the legislature who we need. Now, someone will say, wait a minute, Disney pays almost billions of dollars of taxes. Yeah, but it's not what you pay. It's what you don't pay. But the Disney employees all of a sudden during this era of wokeness said, hmm, we are going to not work for you anymore. And Disney spends a lot of money training its employees. We hired Disney to train our employees at Marlins Park. Disney said, wait a minute, should we take a position? And then they did. Disney came out publicly after the fact and said, we support all LGBTQ plus and everyone in the community. We will not stop until this law is overturned. And the Florida lawmakers and Ron DeSantis said, hmm, interesting. You're coming out against us? Okay. I'm about to introduce a bill in the Florida legislature, which takes away your entire district that you got in 1967 that gives you the power to run your business the way you want to run it. Now what are you going to do? Disney's panicked, right? They have to come out and say, don't say gay. We're not going to say it. We're with you, Florida. We love you, Ronnie. Hope you run for president. No. What Ron DeSantis and the Florida lawmakers are not telling the people of Orlando or the people who live in the counties that make up Orlando is that the amount of money that Disney spends to upkeep its area that would fall on you, the taxpayer, if Disney didn't do it because Disney loses the right to do it because of the law you're going to pass. If you ask Ron DeSantis to tell you the truth about what this law does, which is purely a retaliatory law against Disney for coming out not in support of their law about don't say gay, then you're not informed properly. The Florida lawmakers are so busy trying to tell Disney to slow their roll and not think they're so powerful that they should ever say anything against what Ronnie wants are hurting the very people in their own state who they're supposed to be protecting. And I've got some familiarity with that concept. Why would politicians ever hurt to do anything that costs extra money to their taxpayers? Why would politicians ever choose to do something that in any way could ever be scrutinized? That could be negative in any possible way? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'll tell you how this ends. This ends with a deal. Because Disney, while it really, really doesn't like the bill, only because its employees don't like the bill, what they like more is their own special district. And they really don't want to lose that district. So what they're now going to do is do a public campaign showing the voters why having that district taken away is actually going to hurt them financially. They will be able to show the numbers of the increased taxes required to fund Disney. No, Disney's not leaving Florida. You can't threaten to relocate Disney World. Good luck finding a place that's not Orlando to have Disney World. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you're going to go to Iowa? I, don't get me wrong. I love Iowa. You could go to North Dakota. You got to go someplace where you can go 12 months a year. Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia. Hmm, interesting. Mexico? 
The Caribbean? Hawaii. That's a good place. Disney World is going to Hawaii. GMAB. They're going to negotiate a settlement here because the politicians realize they don't want to increase the taxes for their voters because the lawmakers are only interested in getting reelected. And this is the type of thing that gets you not reelected because as much as the right wingers want to say, hey, we need you to support what we do. They want their jobs way more than that. Okay. Nothing personal pick of the day. I had the Nuggets plus one and a half. I watched the game. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and uh, Deadpool are just too good. And the fact is, I thought Jokic would be enough without, without uh, who is it they're missing? I'm totally blanking. Jamal Murray, but who's the second max player? They have two max players not missing, which is why they're going to lose. And uh, is it Gordon? Porter? One of them. Porter. So Porter and, and Jamal Murray aren't playing. It doesn't matter. I'm 47 and 40. Nuggets plus one and a half. I thought they'd pull it out. They lost by five. Three nothing Warriors. They're good again, folks. All right, I got three picks of the day for you. We got a big weekend. I want to talk about tonight. Have you noticed the injuries that are going on in both the NBA during the playoffs? Devin Booker, hamstring. See you later. Chris Middleton, sprained MCL. Bye-bye. There was a third injury, and I'm blanking on it right now. Somebody else is out. Coca, do you remember? Someone was playing, and now they're not, and it was a big one. Doesn't matter. So, baseball pitchers going on the IL. There's going to be stats that are going to be given out to you soon. They don't do it in baseball. We really didn't do it until after a month. Luca, thank you. Luka Doncic of the Mavs is hurt with his calf. He hasn't played yet, though the Mavs beat the Jazz, which is unreal. God, the Jazz are a disappointing playoff team. So I guess you have to be able to score 130 points a game, and I guess they just can't. So a lot of injuries are happening. Chris Middleton of the Bucks is their second leading scorer. The Bucks lost at home to the Bulls last game. Game three is in Chicago. The Bucks are only favored by two. Guess what? We're taking the Bucks to win game three against the Bulls tonight. Even with Middleton out, take advantage of the value of the lower spread. You don't have to go money line on that. Saturday, we got the same situation, but different. <laughs> I don't know why I would say that. Saturday, we have the Nets Celtics playing. Those games have been insane. The Nets are down 2 nothing. The Celtics are a really good team. The Nets have a really good player. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant can't go down 3 nothing. They just, once you're down 3 nothing in the NBA, it's not like baseball where you can hope for Dave Roberts and the Red Sox to somehow come back and beat the Yankees in 2004. There have been 143 playoff series in the NBA where there have been a 3 nothing lead and a 4 of 7. Guess how many times a team has come back to win four straight out of 143? Just guess. Zero. Do you know what that means? That means the Nets are playing game seven at home tomorrow, Saturday. That is tomorrow. The Nets are playing a game seven at home over the Celtics. Now, you're going to read in the paper it's only game three, but it's really game seven. The Nets, three and a half over the Celtics. Book it. All right, Sunday, we're going to go to a baseball game and watch it. I'm not going to go. I'm going to watch it, though. When you sign a player and you're the Yankees to a $300 million deal, you got to get performance. The problem is they have no one behind Garrett Cole. Now Montgomery has, has had a good start. Severino's had a good start. I get it. You can get some good pitching performances, but when you have to look over 162-game season, if your ace doesn't perform like an ace, you are not going anywhere. Garrett Cole is coming off a game where it was the shortest outing of his Yankee career his last start. He didn't even make it out of the second inning. 
and he's playing a team that was supposed to stink because everybody complained about them. They traded everybody. They've got the lowest payroll. I'm talking about the Cleveland Indians. Ah, frick. Four, six, nine. I'm talking about the Cleveland Guardians who have had a very nice start to their season. They have a rookie named Quan who has been phenomenal. They've got a bunch of players outperforming. They still have a great pitching staff. Bieber, Plesak. Don't sleep on the Guardians. Although over the course of 162, you could sleep on them, but don't. That division's so bad. But Garrett Cole and the New York Yankees will beat the Guardians. Bucks minus two over Bulls. Nets three and a half over Celtics. Cole and the Yankees over the Guardians. But that's not the coolest news about the Yankees. Did you read? I got a good one for you. Yankees president, Randy Levine. Randy Levine, who was the longest tenured president in Major League Baseball. I wonder who's second now. I was second when I got canned. Somebody else is now second. Yankees president, Randy Levine, responding to the Second Circuit's denial of his appeal to keep that letter private. Huh? Let me remind you that letter. There was a letter sent by Rob Manford to Brian Cashman about the sign-stealing scandal. The garbage can banging scandal in 2017. A letter that was, hmm, we don't know. What's in it? The Yankees have been spending the last three years trying to get the courts to keep that letter sealed and private. I told you in a way to see that there's no way they're appealing this to the Second Circuit. It's crazy. And they did. The Second Circuit ruled yesterday. The Second Circuit, just so we're keeping track of the way the legal system works, the judiciary, the Second Circuit, there's only one court above it in the entire land, and it's called the Supreme Court of the United States. We're talking high up. The Supreme Court said, mm, we really see no reason why this letter needs to stay sealed other than you may be embarrassed. Randy Levine kept arguing that if we are forced to open this letter, there will be people going on fishing expeditions for the rest of time trying to get access to documents that are private. So you're making a very bad decision, Mr. and Mrs. Judge. And I don't mean Aaron. But all rise. Seven days from now, the letter will be open. Now, the Yankees could still appeal to the Supreme Court. Guess what? Wait to see. They're not doing it because they'd have no chance and it's just embarrassing already. So this letter is going to be opened and Randy Levine, when asked about it, said, we're disappointed by the Court of Appeals decision, but we respect it. However, I believe as described in my petition, this will lead to a lot of bad results down the road. Randy Levine is doubling down on his legal theory, which held as much weight as a thin paper towel but his theory was that you will be opening a Pandora's box of discovery. Discovery is when one side says to the other, show me your body. Take your clothes off. Show me all of your emails. Show me your texts. I want to see every single lascivious text you've ever sent. Ooh, you emailed that person? Ooh, that's your website? Hmm. Do you have a category preference? Come on, Randy. You know very well that there's no reason in the world and you know what the threshold is. There is no harm that is going to be done to your client that you can't fix. And if you didn't do anything and there's nothing in the letter, then release the letter. If there's something in the letter that says that you were being disciplined for 
using technology that you shouldn't have used, come out and say, hey, we didn't actually do that, or hey, we did do it, we just couldn't say anything because we didn't want to say anything. This is not national security. A lot of bad results coming up. That's what you do. Hyperbole is used by people when they don't have anything else left to argue. Have you ever noticed that when you're talking to someone about a subject or you're thinking about coming to an agreement on something and someone goes right to, this will be, and I've done this, the end of the world as we know it when Ichiro signed with Seattle. I'm the king of hyperbole because what you're hoping to do is you say something that's totally full of hyperbole and then, I love saying that word, hyperbole. It's Friday. We are moments away from the end of the week and I can't stop saying, hi, hyperbole, hyperbolic, a hyperbolic chamber of secrets. Hyperbole doesn't work because generally things don't live on the edge. That's the whole concept of the bell curve and standard deviation. If you, if you can, I'm going to draw something if you're watching this. Are you watching? Anybody, is anybody watching on YouTube? Get on YouTube and watch. Okay. Let's just say that's a bell curve right there. Do you see it? Yeah. So here's hyperbole. It lives at the end. Do you see where the circles are? Ooh, I'm making a bus. Are you watching? Now, in the middle, see that? <laughs> that's where you should live. Live in the middle. But when you're on the end, not much is happening there. Now, you could say every once in a while, this is three standard deviations away. This was an unexpected result. But for Randy Levine to say this will lead to a lot of bad results. Nope. Courts actually spend their life thinking about these things. They think about precedent. They think about future. They think about what will happen if they do a certain thing and don't do another. We're going to get that letter, folks. Who's excited? I guess I am. I'm going to give you a wait to see about this letter, okay? Coca, I got to add it right now. I think we're about to be out of time, but it's too good. Okay, when this letter comes out, it's going to be a whole lot of nothing. The bigger deal is going to be that Garrett Cole, to win his game, his next start is going to use some spider tack. The Yankees are fine. Wait to see. We'll look at the letter together when it comes out in a week. All right, that's been our week. They go fast, don't they? Please take care of yourself. Enjoy the picks of the day. Enjoy your weekend. Please drive on the right side of the road unless you're in London. It's just business. This is nothing personal. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.